Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills even accurate? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com. If you're a firearms enthusiast like I am, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. This is a veteran-owned and operated gun manufacturer. Bear Creek Arsenal, that is, based in Sanford, North Carolina. They make high-quality firearms at an incredible value. Learn more about Bear Creek Arsenal at bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. One more time, bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck and promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. We're going to tell you about the Fauci lowlights that he just gave his last uh, public pronouncements today. They're absolutely terrible. But just a, a bit of quick housekeeping. Uh, Charles Marie Gustave Le Bon was born in 1841. So it was mid 19th century. He was born and he actually he lived till 1931. He wrote The Crowd. He wrote uh, Psychology of Revolution. A lot of really. But The Crowd, a study of the popular mind, is the one that he is most famous for, where he talks about chants and slogans and the mob mentality and. Basically, the Democrat Party before it really was the Democrat Party of today. So uh, that's well worth it for anybody who's looking for some light pre-Thanksgiving reading, Clay. Just throwing that out there. Um, And uh, we've got Fauci telling everybody all over the place that they need to mask up. And I know you shared this on, on Twitter a few moments ago. Everybody, he's still telling you to get a COVID test before Thanksgiving dinner. People that went along with this guy and defended him and said that he was a a genius and a hero should be ashamed. I mean, they should feel deeply embarrassed, you know. But, Clay, people have different. Oh, it's in. We've got some of it. Oh, boy. Let's play. Which one do we have? I want to do the the first one here. Let's do the one where he says that he that you should get a covid Mm -hmm. test. Before Thanksgiving. We're not talking about this in 2020. 2020. I mean, this is crazy. This has just happened in the White House. Fauci telling you, you may want to get a COVID test before Thanksgiving dinner. First of all, everybody should be vaccinated and boosted with flu and with COVID. Whether or not you wear a mask or another thing we shouldn't underestimate is testing. So when we're gathering at a family gathering for Thanksgiving or for Christmas or for any other holiday as we get into the winter, it makes sense that you might want to get a test that day before you come into a place in which you might be infected and spread it or other people who might be there in order to protect. So there's masking is important, but you can count masking, vaccine, 
boosting, testing, all of that is part of the spectrum of protecting yourself. None of that stuff does anything that's going to stop anybody from getting COVID, by the way. We all know this. We've been through this now. Clay, he is a vile sociopath. I mean, this is... I also think it undermines people's faith in government in general, in our federal bureaucracy specifically, that this could be the highest paid federal employee, be a celebrated person by the media, and, and he's he's awful. I mean, this is some he's never apologized or said he was wrong once. He is wrong about everything and should apologize for everything. But instead, he's riding off into the sunset to collect big checks for his memoirs. Yeah, and the question that I would have, first of all, what percentage of people do you think are testing or wearing masks to their Thanksgiving gathering? But, but even what, what would be the point? So is he telling people, you know, if you're a Rachel Maddow watching five pro, uh, f- five Ukraine flags and pronouns in the bio lib, are you going to be like, well, you know, unless unless somebody gets a test this year, they can't come to my Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. You know, they can't eat the big tofurkey that I've made for everybody. Like, what is this? And also the question I would have, I mean, look, I think everything that he said in that clip we just played is utterly ridiculous, but when would he say that ends? So the flu's not going away. Never. COVID is not going away. So does he, I mean, that's the question. So for the rest of our lives, Dr. Fauci, you are saying that you believe people should wear masks and test for COVID before they go to Thanksgiving dinner or to hang out with people for Christmas? I mean, I just I, I wish that, you know, they've they've kept him away. Honestly, the only people that I've seen, with the exception of Rand Paul, who get access to Fauci are completely worthless and don't ask him any real questions. I'm just going to say it. I mean, if, if some if Fauci has been willing to sit down with you, certainly in the last year, maybe in the last 18 months, it's because you're weak on what's actually happened here. I have never seen him subjected to an interview. Rand Paul's different. Obviously, that's the Senate. But I mean, yes. in the media sense, he has evaded every serious interview with real accountability and and that's uh, it's obvious why he's done it because clay think about this so so when should you wear a mask exactly because it's going to be flu and covid season basically from now until the middle of march so you're going to wear a cloth oh by the way cloth masks don't work which every data set that you can find shows n95 masks don't really work either folks you know all that wasn't true either Double masking Thanks. certainly doesn't work. So what are we even talking about here? Well, still and moreover, this? Buck, if you're going to Thanksgiving, you're going to eat. So presumably. It is so, mask up between bites, to your point. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like, what? I don't even understand that argument. And he's telling people, we've got a mask quote. This is not from 2020 or 2021. Fauci, just now in the White House, said, if you go into a room, we're going to play this for you, and you're the only person with the mask, you should be feel good about yourself. You look great. Listen to this. What do you say about the word mask now being a pejorative in some communities? No, it shouldn't be. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I know sometimes when you walk in and you have a mask and nobody has a mask, you kind of feel guilty. You shouldn't feel guilty. You look terrific. I mean, I just, I mean just, we're at a point now, if someone is if someone is going into places where, unless, you know, Honestly, even if they have a health issue, masks don't work. Yes. So if someone's wearing a mask at this point, they either have a level of anxiety that they're not able to control, or they're just ignorant of the actual data sets with masking. Those are the only options at this point. There is no third option. And I'm seeing people, like, I watched football over the weekend, Buck. There are people going to football games outdoors and wearing masks. I mean, I just, I'm going to Michigan, Ohio State this weekend, 
there are going to be some people sitting in a 100,000-seat Buckeye Stadium wearing masks. I've given up on airlines. There's, what, like 15 20% of people are still wearing masks on airlines. It is scientifically as valid as a toddler keeping their blankie because it'll scare the monsters away. Yeah. It's absurd. And that's and that's how adults should actually view it now. It's not a, oh, we're going to, no, no. Because remember, anyone who's out there still masking with, overwhelmingly, I won't say everybody, but generally speaking, people that are out there still masking, if they could, they'd yep. make you mask too. We saw that. So this isn't a live and let live thing. This is take the stupid mask off your face. It's ridiculous. That's where They'll we try to bring it back. I mean, there, there's stories up at HHS today that they would try to bring back masks. I'm telling you, a lot of you listening to us right now, LA's talking about doing it. You may, and your poor kids, you may well, before this winter is out, if COVID flares back up, they're going to be trying to get you to put masks back I'm, on. I'm going to be, be on a flight it. back to back to New York tomorrow. I've been down in Florida. I'm going to be taking a flight back to New York tomorrow. You know, I think I'm just going to take a, you know, a distance, one of those sort of distance selfies uh, like a Bradley Cooper at the Oscars, except they'll be, you know, near the front of the plane. I mean, I don't fly first class because I'm not fancy. But, you know, I, I like to try to be near the emergency exit. <laughs> and uh, it's always funny. to People People sometimes see me. They're like, oh, aren't you Buck from the Clay and Buck show? I'm like, yeah. And they look at me like, interesting. You're uh, you're next to the bathroom in, like, row 27E. And I'm like, that's right. That's right. I fly Southwest, Buck. There is no first class. You know, I I know you flew Southwest. You flew Southwest the Patriot Wars. That's how Clay rolls too. Because come on, we're just trying to get where we're going. It's the folks. easiest way to get somewhere. Now, sometimes I will uh, hop on a little charter to get in and out of a college town when it's hard to get into. But are we allowed to call large, that Clay Southwest. Force One, or is that not? Do they put a little decal on the side for you? I have not. I you know, I Rush had a big plane, right? Um, I'm hoping that oh, one yeah. day I'll I'll have a plane too. That's my yeah. goal. Yeah, he had, a, he had a super plane. Um, yeah. Anyway, I just say it about the plane. I want to take a photo because I'm going back to New York tomorrow from Florida. So this is a particular route. I know this route very well. Going back to be, you know, in, in, in New York City and spending Thanksgiving with the fam. And I think there will be, I think it'll be 15 to 20% masked up tomorrow. That's my guess on the plane. That's what I think, which is sad. For those I mean, I flew uh, Nashville to Fort Lauderdale, and I was stunned at how many people I saw still wearing masks on the airplanes. Now, it wasn't a huge number because I'm going from a free state to a free state, but it wasn't zero. I mean, there were still a lot of people wearing masks on airplanes and at the airport. I mean, I, I would put this out there. I mean, the only, you know, if you're a senior citizen with health risks, the same way that senior citizens are advised to maybe get a flu shot, because, okay, maybe there's some downside, but, you know, even a little bit of help, even if it reduces your risk, maybe five or ten percent. So I'll cut senior citizens out of the conversation about masking a little bit here, even though I don't think it really helps them. But I get it. Like, you know, you're at that age, you want to avoid getting sick, and and maybe you think it helps you a little bit. Anybody under fifty with a mask on, I just I, like I said, I just think they have think either an anxiety disorder or aren't familiar with the data. I, I don't know what else to say at this point because I think it's just an impossible case to make. Their brains are broken, and Fauci has made it worse. And um and Ali, our producer, saying, you know, up in New York City, subway still packed with tons of people wearing masks. And I remember my wife saying this, and I thought she was crazy. She said, masks are never going away. And I feel like that's the truth now. I, I don't think masks are ever going to leave in the United States again. Well, because the moment that people stop wearing them They'll is the moment a lot of people realize they never should have worn them. Yep. And it's it's about the ego involved of, of of accepting that you were wrong 
Like, you know, I, I, I'm I'm still upset that I said uh, I didn't say stochastic properly yesterday. You can imagine if I'd been wearing an N95 mask and super uncomfortable for two years for no reason, Clay. You know, yeah, that's a tough one. I, I think that's why they're never going away, sadly. But we should have adults telling people, hey, it's safe. You don't need to do this. Instead, we got Fauci doing the opposite, saying you look fantastic wearing your mask. It's a good week to get started, uh, given the fact that it's uh, Christmas, almost Black Friday, holiday gift season. Uh, maybe go ahead and start buying some gifts. And if you're like me, you got a lot of kids, uh, you got a lot of presents to buy, a lot of responsibilities. How about the Tuttle Twins? They will tell American history without any of the liberal bias you see in so many school books there must have for every American home. This week, they're having the biggest deal they've ever done. They have a bundle. It includes all kids' books, activity books, audio books, guidebooks, parent guides, all for 75% off the normal price. Plus, there's a mega bundle that includes all of their book bundles, too. It has the teen, the toddler, history books. All of it can make the perfect gift for all the kids in your life. Give a gift that will make a real difference in the paths they take in life and leave a positive impression for decades to come. Go to TuttleRadio.com to access this special deal. That's TuttleRadio.com, 75% off both of these bundles. Start your holiday shopping. A great gift for the holidays, TuttleRadio.com. Clay and Buck, 24-7. Subscribe today. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees, that's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. 
They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com slash B-U-C-K. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. BearCreekArsenal.com slash Buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. There is a great evil taking place in our society. Since 1973, over 64 million babies' lives have been taken. Preborn is dedicated to saving these precious lives. And every day, the staff members at Preborn Clinics rescue 200 babies and help women in crisis by sharing light, love, and a free ultrasound. That changed my life, just from that ultrasound picture. You see, when an expectant mother meets her precious baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, she is twice as likely to choose life for her baby. Would you join me and Preborn in rescuing babies' lives? One ultrasound is just $28, and for $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds helping to rescue five babies' lives. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby, or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Visit preborn.com slash buck, sponsored by Preborn. We have Florida Surgeon General Dr. Joseph Latipo with us now. He's got a book out, Transcend Fear, a blueprint for mindful, blueprint for mindful leadership in public health, uh, which has been out for a couple of months. Dr. Latipo, honored to have you on, sir. Thanks for making time for us. Hey, thanks for having me on. Happy to be with you guys right before Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. And uh, one thing we are not thankful for is Dr. Anthony Fauci's leadership during the pandemic. You may have seen him uh, giving his uh, farewell speech of sorts today from the White House. What is, I mean, you're a Harvard-trained MD. You are the Surgeon General of the state of Florida. You've looked at the data for your state uh, of over 20 million people extensively. When Dr. Fauci says that you should be proud to mask up when you walk into places, that people should consider masking, that they should all get the vaccine, that the vaccine will keep anyone from dying, and there's a whole lot more we could say, what do you say as a medical professional? I say that I am stunned by Dr. Fauci's inability to adapt to data. You know, in his comments, he said something about how it's too bad that people aren't getting these COVID-19 vaccines or for the people who aren't. Most people have. But for the people who aren't, he hates to see them get infected. Well, then he really ought not want them to get it because, as every as is very plainly clear, their protection from infection wanes rapidly, and that he's still not acknowledging that and still playing mask, you know, charade, mask. I don't know whatever this this silly uh, masquerade is with masks is just it's a it's a testament of why he cannot leave fast enough. Dr. Latipo, appreciate you joining us. This is Clay. Dr. Fauci also said that he thinks people should test for COVID before they get together with their friends and family for Thanksgiving. It is two days until Thanksgiving. I can guarantee you that the Travis family will not be testing before we have Thanksgiving dinner. You've got, I think, two kids, maybe three. Uh, Will the Latipo family, uh, you are obviously an esteemed physician, will you be doing COVID tests before you sit down for Thanksgiving dinner? 
the only thing that's going to be tested this this week is going to be uh, my patience because <laughs> our three boys are going to be running all around with you know pumped full of yummy pumpkin pie from my wife and all that good stuff. Yo, know, this it's really sad. It's just a he has a right to believe that, of course, but it's just a, a testament to how sad his vision of life is. I, I mean, you can't just enjoy the beautiful time with people you love and care about. You have to think about testing and what, maybe even masking or who knows whatever whatever else he's suggesting before Thanksgiving. It's sad, and yeah, I feel in some ways I feel bad for him that that's how he sees Thanksgiving. I mean, it's just sad. Speaking of Florida Surgeon General Dr. Latipo, and his book is Transcend Fear, a blueprint for mindful leadership in public health. Dr. Latipo, have a lot of doctors uh, come forward? I mean, I would assume it's easier for them in Florida than it is in other places. I'm in Florida right now, uh, and said that they're going to stand against some of the madness, that, that they're not going to pretend like the establishment experts got everything right and that we should all still go into every hospital with a little cloth mask on all the time and all this stuff. I mean, have you seen a change in the mentality of a lot of your fellow physicians over, let's say, the last year or so, as we've really seen everything that we were told by the Fauci apparatus and the Biden administration just not actually happen? I mean, everything fell apart. I'm going to give you what I think might be a surprising answer, and that answer is no. And what the reason it's no is because it's not new. Most of the doctors over the past year who have opposed these policies, they haven't changed. They've known that we've done many trials of of masks, and they just have generally not been effective. They've known that the vaccines aren't doing a good job at preventing infection, but they are afraid to speak because of the repercussions. And that's that's really the issue. That's what's behind it. And there are consequences, and it's, it's a very real thing. You've got boards of medicine trying to strip doctors of their license, not because of anything they did with their clinical care, but because they said the quote-unquote wrong thing on Facebook or Twitter. And that's the reality. That's the reality that, that physicians are living with. I'm sure you're familiar with the California law that was passed restricting, essentially threatening to punish doctors for saying the wrong things about one specific issue, which is COVID-19. So unfortunately, no, people's opinions haven't changed. Uh, but even more unfortunately, a lot of doctors who are totally opposed to what Dr. Fauci has been saying are still afraid to speak up. Dr. Latipo, I'm sure you have seen, speaking on that fear, California has tried to pass a law and you moved from California to the free state of Florida, if I remember correctly. California is trying to pass a law that could create consequences for medical professionals who speak out against uh, whatever the, uh, the preferred science is at the moment. I'm just curious in general. You probably remember when Fauci said, I am the science. Isn't science about questioning everything? How quickly have we forgotten that that's the primary goal of scientists is to rigorously question everything, lest you believe things that are untrue? And how scary is it that we're trying to pass laws now to essentially keep medical professionals from ever questioning the consensus opinion? 
Well, it's terrible. It's terrible. And that is exactly, I mean, that is at the core of science is, is asking questions and debating and bringing evidence and seeing how things shake out. Being curious, that is the, those are core tenets of, of science and of, they're things that motivated people like me and many other people to pursue science. And unfortunately what's happening in California is they're trying to rewrite reality to match their dystopian fantasy. And that's essentially what's happening and hopefully people will just realize that it's total nonsense that they're doing there. Speaking to Dr. Joseph Latipo, Surgeon General of the state of Florida, Dr. Latipo, if if somebody was willing to, let's say somebody out there thinks, you know, wearing two masks, because Fauci says two masks are great, it's going to keep them safe, but they're at least willing to look at what data you have access to, say, when it came to mask mandates in schools. We're two years into this. What could you point them to? What could you tell them about the real numbers that you saw in Florida during now two full years uh, of data collection when it came to schools that required masks versus schools that did not? The Florida data has definitely been supportive of just the, the fact that in schools these masks are doing basically nothing. And there are other studies. There's a doctor in California, Dr. Tracy Hogg, that's done a ton of research on masks. She's debunked one of the CDC studies where the CDC reported that the masks were effective when they compared a couple school districts. But then you, she looked and found that basically, actually, if you look further, it, they were only, it only looked that way because of the specific period of time that the CDC looked. Why did they look during that time only? Who knows? It's not that they were trying to put their finger on the scale, is it? So it, it's really nonsense. The air goes around, guys. If you're in a room, whether you wear the mask or not, the air is coming out. And there's even a randomized clinical trial that shows harms, believe it or not, harms associated with cloth masks in healthcare workers. So it's it's just it's just a total barrel of nonsense, just complete nonsense, this mask obsession, and it cannot die soon enough. But unfortunately, many of my colleagues are trying to revive it this this winter. Yeah, and so that's the question that Buck and I have been asking. How does this end? And and that's the question we would ask Fauci if he would ever come on with us. You're saying, hey, this uh, this holiday season, I believe this is now the third Thanksgiving we've had basically since COVID started, if I'm doing the math correctly. Uh, Fauci saying you still need to take a COVID test. You should still be wearing masks. If you're doing this in year three of COVID, how does it ever end? Will it ever end? And are you concerned? I think you are just based on the way that you answered that question, Dr. Latipo, that we can't just live and let live because the people who are still wearing masks, if they could, would demand that all of us wear masks, including two and three year olds, the minute that they have the power to do so. Well, you're you are dead on there. There's no question about that. And I think people, first of all, I think people just need to really be acquainted, comfortable with the scientific data from clinical trials. These these uh, these advocates always point to these observational studies of the CDC quotes, but clinical trials are really the gold standard. And these masks masks have done terrible almost in all of these clinical trials. 
So people need to feel comfortable, first of all, that they really, on a scientific basis, they're doing little to nothing. And then the second part is just deciding that you're not going to participate in these charades. And that's what needs to happen. And I think if enough of us do that, they'll keep, they'll stop trying to work their, weasel their way back in with their mask recommendations, which later become strong recommendations, which later become mandates and, and all the nonsense that we've seen over the past two years. Florida Surgeon General Dr. Latipo, his book, Transcend Fear, a blueprint, a blueprint for Mindful Leadership in Public Health. Dr. Latipo, thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. You too, no doubt. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well, and thank goodness that if you live in Florida, you're still going to have some freedom. But think about how crazy this is. There is no end to this COVID insanity, which is why Buck and I continue to hammer it here, because they're coming for you. They're coming for you with masks. They're coming for you with the vaccine mandates. As soon as these things come up again, in terms of cases, they are going to chase you and they are going to demand that you submit. We know this and it's starting to happen already. Uh, I want to tell you about our friends at MyPillow. They have built an incredible company. Mike Lindell and his team are thankful for your unwavering support and all of your purchases this year. And they've got a great offer for you as we come up on the Black Friday sales event. They've got a six-piece towel set made with USA cotton, extremely absorbent yet still providing the soft feel you look for in a towel. Set will come with two baths, two hand towels, two washcloths, typically at retails for $89.98, but for a limited time, you can get this set for the low price of $39.98 with the promo code Clay and Buck. That's over 50% off in savings. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty, and for the holiday season, they're even extending their 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed between now and Christmas Day will have their money-back guarantee extended until March 1st of 2023. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special so you can get this incredible offer. Enter the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269 for these great radio specials. Make an appointment with the truth. Tune in every day to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Two days until Thanksgiving. If you find yourself traveling across the country, around the world, hope you're safe. Uh, and we appreciate you listening. We are thankful for all of you. We're joined now by former Vice President Mike Pence, who's got a new book out. Uh, that is uh, being well-received. And uh, as we start with you, Mr. Vice President, I appreciate you giving us the time. Um, we've been talking. Fauci just you bet, had... guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no doubt. The book is So Help Me God, released uh, earlier this month. Fauci just had his final press conference as he yeah. uh, is in the process of retiring. I'm sure you knew that that was going on. We were just talking about it. Uh Everything in twenty in, in hindsight is often twenty twenty. In retrospect, what could you and the Trump White House have done better to not allow Dr. Fauci to to what I think is quite frankly drive us right off the cliff of insanity in terms of how we should respond to COVID? He said that people should still feel very proud if they're wearing masks. He said that as you get ready together with Thanksgiving family, that continuing to get COVID tests could make sense. Those are just some of the things he said not years ago, but just a few minutes ago at the White House. Do you right. have any regrets? Do you have anything that you would change about Dr. Fauci in particular and COVID? 
Well, first, uh, just let me say what what a what a privilege it is to be on uh, with uh, with both of you. Great fan of the show. Thank you. And uh, and and was honored to have the opportunity to write uh, my autobiography. So help me God, that uh, came out about a week ago. It's a story of growing up here in Indiana. It's a story of of uh, of you know being raised by a combat veteran and a first generation Irish American, starting out as a Democrat, joining the Republican Revolution, and then. Um, through uh, uh, through decisions that I made, beginning with the decision to put my faith in Jesus Christ, the decision to marry Karen Pence, we were able to serve and and advance the conservative agenda in the Congress and in the governorship here in Indiana, and then as vice president. I'm incredibly proud of the record of our administration, uh, and I'm proud of what the American people accomplished during COVID, guys. There's a couple chapters in my book, um, and one of which is entitled "Only in America." where I really pay tribute to the extraordinary compassion of our healthcare workers, the extraordinary generosity and innovation of American businesses. I mean, I, from the time I was, I was tapped to lead the white house coronavirus task force uh, guys, I was really inspired by what the American people were doing. Uh, but in those early days, uh, you know, when I was, when I became uh, the leader of the white house coronavirus task force, it was a fairly small group. The president organized it a week, a month earlier, and it included Dr. Tony Fauci and some other medical experts that would grow. But one of the first decisions that I made was to add the secretary of the treasury, the secretary of agriculture, Larry Kudlow on our economic team, because I knew that the advice that we were going to give the president could not just be, you know, the advice of the clinical doctors. It had to be balanced and take in the whole interest of the American people. And, and as I, as I write in, so help me God, um, you know, in those early days, I know that Dr. Fauci, when, when we didn't know what was coming, when we didn't understand the disease and Americans were anxious, we were reinventing testing. We were manufacturing billions of supplies and, and, uh, you know, over a hundred thousand ventilators in a hundred days. I think in those early days, Dr. Fauci was a comfort uh, to millions of Americans, and uh, and 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 he always stayed in his lane. That's how I put it in my book. I mean, he was invariably the first person to say, "Look, I'll, I'll give you the scientist's perspective, but I understand the president's got to consider a lot more." And that was one of the reasons why, you know, uh, one month uh, into our efforts to to essentially buy time and slow the spread. Um, we work to open up America again in states yeah. like Mike, Georgia. when did you realize, though, that away, Fauci but... was actually a partisan and the absolute worst than hoping to deep-six the presidency that you were a part of? Well, I, early on, I must tell you, I didn't perceive it that way. In fact, I thought President Trump and Fauci as a couple of old New Yorkers, uh, you know, uh, had a had a good working relationship. But Things began to shift, uh, you know, toward the end. And, and I must tell you, it, it grieves my heart uh, that the Biden administration lost more Americans in their first year with COVID with all of the tools that we left behind, including vaccines, uh, more Americans than we lost in our first year when we, for the most part, had none of those tools. But I do think it was part and parcel of, of the Biden administration essentially putting Dr. Fauci in charge of the national response. You know, uh, there, there's the old saying that, you know, uh, when when you're holding a hammer, everything's a nail. And I wasn't I wasn't surprised that the Biden administration 
abandon our commitment to, uh, you know, therapeutics, abandon our commitment to opening up states around the country and, and, and largely turned all of its focus uh, on vaccines and ultimately uh, and wrongly mandated vaccines for Americans that was partially turned aside by the conservative majority on the Supreme Court. So, you know, as I said, I, I think, uh, you know, it was it, it, it saddens me that the Biden administration in so many ways squandered the progress that we made and and uh, and putting Dr. Fauci in the lead of the Biden administration's response, I think, explains explains their focus on on concentrating everything in Washington, concentrating everything on vaccines, ultimately mandating vaccines instead of taking the whole of America federalist approach that we took in our administration. We're speaking to former Vice President Mike Pence. He's got a new book out, So Help Me God. Vice President Pence, tell us this. You know, the midterm election, there were some bright spots. There were the votes in the aggregate, but there wasn't the red wave that we needed. And it seemed that there were a number of points of uh, failure might be too strong a word for some people, but I think for others it's not strong enough. Clearly there were some problems and some places we came up short. How do we fix that? Well, guys, look there. Thanks for saying you're the first. You're the first uh, show, not surprisingly, that said that there was a red wave some places. I mean, you look. Um, uh, you look at the at the governor's uh, reelections in places like Texas and Florida and in Georgia, where they had probably the most formidable Democrat candidate in the country. And Stacey Abrams raised a hundred million dollars, and Governor Brian Kemp, you know, won decisively in the fall. And my friend Lee Zeldin came up short in New York, but uh, but he he actually brought with him four new Republicans elected to Congress from the state of New York that could be our new margin of a Republican majority. So I really do believe there were there were pockets, there were places, and the common denominator to me, guys, is that you know candidates that were focused on the future, that were focused on the challenges facing the American people today. Uh, which are, you know, border security and crime and record inflation and high gasoline prices. Candidates that were focused on the future did quite well. But candidly, uh, those campaigns that were focused on the past, including relitigating the past, did not fare as well. We're talking to former Vice President Mike Pence, his book out last week, so help me God. Um, Donald Trump announced on Tuesday of last week, same day your book came out in the evening, he announced that he was going to be running for president in 2024. I know that there were several people speaking out in Las Vegas who might be interested in potentially running in 2024 as well. You are among those. When would you think is the right time for you to officially decide if you are or are not going to run in 2024? What kind of timeline do you have in terms of making that decision? Well, first, uh, I'm, uh, I'm always humbled to be asked. And uh, uh, early in my career, as I write in the book, So Help Me God, back in 2010, I had run for national office. I ultimately prayed through it with my wife, spoke to friends, and we felt called to come home here to Indiana and serve as governor of this great state. And, um, uh, and that decision was you know, one of the great honors of my life and led to opportunities to serve as, as your vice president as well. So, you know, what I can tell you is that, uh, you know, with two uh, inactive duty military in our immediate family, we, we actually haven't been together 
for the last three years. But this Christmas, everybody's going to be home in Indiana. And Karen and I are going to take time, as we always have, to sit down with our kids, their spouses, and uh, talk to friends and continue to listen to the American people. And um, I always tell people there's two kinds of people in politics. There's people that are driven and people that are called. And if you read So Help Me God, you'll you'll hear that I've been both. I've, I've let my ambition get ahead of my my values in the past and the, the way that as a Christian I feel called to represent uh, myself in the public square. But uh, for the last 20 years, we've, we've tried to follow a calling, guys. And um, so we're going to pray through it, give it careful consideration. And uh, sometime after the first of the year, we'll just discern what our next calling might be. But I, I promise to keep Clay Travis and Buck Sexton posted. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Do you, um, and, and as part of that, do you think Joe Biden will run? Do you think he should run for re-election? And does his choice in any way impact your own choice? Well, what the, the thing I'll tell you emphatically is Joe Biden and Kamala Harris should not be re-elected as president and vice president. I, no doubt. Guys, I, I knew they'd be bad. Uh, I, I didn't know they'd be this bad this fast. But then again, you know, I mean, literally from day one, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been dismantling the very policies that created the prosperity, the border security, uh, the strength of our economy uh, that that we had in those first three years of the Trump-Pence administration. I mean, they literally a gusher of spending that launched uh, the, the worst inflation in 40 years, a war on energy uh, after we achieved energy independence that has, has now set in motion the gasoline prices through the roof going into a Thanksgiving weekend. And, of course, the, well, I've been down to the southern border in Arizona many times in the last two years. Five million people have come into this country illegally in the last two years after we had reduced illegal immigration by 90 percent. So, you know, whatever, whatever President Biden decides to do and whatever we decide to do, I'm, I'm going to be working my heart out uh, to make sure that, uh, that that we do not get four more years of the disastrous uh, record of the Biden-Harris administration. We've got a good start in the House of Representatives uh, with a new Republican majority. But the next step is to win the Senate, win the White House, win state houses around the country. And I believe we will. I, I think we're, we're at the beginning of a great American comeback. The book is So Help Me God, Vice President Pence, the author. Sir, appreciate you being with us. We'll talk to you soon. Guys, thanks for having me on. I so appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. Let's talk about Legacy Box, my friends. A simple and safe way to digitize your family's long-held videotapes and film reels. They also work with photos, old and new, not to mention slides, cassette tapes, and many other media forms. Their team of technicians digitally transfers it all, and they do it carefully and by hand. They've helped over a million families, even my own, the Sexton family, do just that. All this gets done in Tennessee in a few weeks' time. Get in touch with Legacy Box today and order your actual Legacy Box. You fill it full of your family's tapes, film, and photos. They use overnight shipping that's all trackable, and they're in touch with you every step of the way. This is a great week to get started since Legacy Box is giving you 65% off their normal prices during a Black Friday sales event. You can't afford not to do this for your family. The best part is seeing your old family movies again and sharing them with others. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Buck. That's LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K to save an unreal 65%. With limited quantities ready to ship, this deal is going to go fast. 
LegacyBox.com slash Buck for 65% off. LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K. Inspiring you to seek out the truth. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. So I want to open. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees, that's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com slash B-U-C-K. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. BearCreekArsenal.com slash Buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. Meet Kelsey. When she found out she was pregnant, she wasn't sure where to turn. But after meeting with the counselors at a pre-born network clinic, they welcomed her and supported her and provided her with a free ultrasound. Kelsey heard her baby's heartbeat and she chose life. When a mother looks at her child through a sonogram, it does something to you. You know, I ended up deciding to keep my son, who is now five years old today. He's amazing. He brings absolute joy to my heart. I could not imagine life without him. By introducing a woman to her baby on an ultrasound, a baby's chance at life doubles. Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue 200 babies. To donate, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833 833- 995 G O L D. Phone lines here. Yesterday, 
And I would encourage you to go listen to this because I thought it was a really interesting conversation. We had Nancy Grace on to talk about a story that's leading the news everywhere right now. And both Buck and myself and probably you and some of your family as you get close to Thanksgiving, it's a conversation that will likely be emerging. And it has to do with the quadruple murder that is as of now unsolved from near the University of Idaho, right off the campus there in Moscow, Idaho. Um, And we got a ton of feedback after that conversation that we had with Nancy Grace yesterday. So I want to open up phone lines, just these specific callers. If you are listening to us in Spokane, Washington, the area, KQNTAM, huge audience that we have there, we believe it extends down into... Uh, the University of Idaho area, right there on the border between Idaho and Washington. I'd like to hear, and Buck would like to hear, from people in Moscow, Idaho, about how all of this is going down, what the community is responding. There hadn't been a murder there in seven years, Buck. Um, And there were six people in this house. Four of them were stabbed to death on the second and the third floor, they still have been unable to find a uh, alleged perpetrator, at least publicly, not a lot of evidence in this case. There were two people on the first floor. I don't know if they were in locked bedrooms. I haven't seen the specifics about why they were not attacked. But on the second and the third floor, four people stabbed to death while they were sleeping. They were not found, I don't believe, Buck, until the next day around noon. These are college kids. They believe the stabbing happened in the 3 to 4 a.m. time lot, times uh, area. These kids have been out uh, until around 2 in the morning. It's a Saturday on a college campus, not uncommon at all. And I can't stop reading about this case and or consuming stories about this case. And I know many of you are the same as us. So 800-282-2882, we didn't give people an opportunity yesterday to react but we would like people in the moscow idaho region in that area to let us know what's going on and what it feels like to be in this community where there hadn't been a murder in seven years and suddenly there's an unsolved quadruple murder of college kids and you know yesterday when we had nancy grace on to talk about this she said uh, that she would not connect the the data point if you will the report about a dog that had been skinned and gutted that was found a few weeks before this, but in the same neighborhood. This is not a big place. Uh, Moscow, Idaho, as we said yesterday, 25,000 people. This is a small town. It's pushed right up against the uh, border of Washington State. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's western Idaho. And today the police are saying that they're unrelated. But when I read the explanation for why it's unrelated, it, they just said it's wildlife activity or something. It, it seemed bizarre to me. And, and you have to remember, and this is... This is just the way it is, unfortunately, in, in, in instances like this where there's a very, very serious heinous crime that happens in a community that just has limited law enforcement resources. The cops that, that are dealing with this, especially the first ones on the scene, they're to say they're not used to this is a dramatic understatement. I mean, very few cops have seen these kinds of crime scenes before, but there's already a lot of a lot of reporting. Is it fair or not? I don't know. Right. We're not there. We're not able to cover this on, on the ground. People are saying that, you know, tire tracks were not preserved immediately. I mean, some rudimentary investigative mistakes uh, seem to have been made here, which may slow the whole process down of of even getting 
some sense. I mean, they have no idea of motive. They have no suspects that we've even gotten an inclination about yet. And I think people are realizing that this this could be a this could be a long haul to try to get some measure of justice for these families by finding whoever did this. I mean, this is among the more heinous crimes anybody can think of in recent memory. Um, so I, I don't understand how the, why the dog, based on the reporting, why that would be unrelated. But apparently, police are saying it is unrelated. There's just some things that don't add up, Clay. Went into, there were other people in the house. How is it this person was able to, the, the killer was able to do this without waking anybody? There was a dog in the house that didn't, I mean, maybe they're used to, maybe the dog barked a little bit. It didn't wake anybody up because they're used to it, but... The dog has been taken away from the house. This is reporting from today. How could somebody manage to get in? Think of the risk of discovery that this murderer would be taking by going into this house with a knife and one by one killing these individuals in their sleep. It would be so easy for some someone, including people in the house who weren't even attacked, to cry out, to you know, to scream, to say what's going on. It just doesn't. I've never. I've never. Look, I don't know if anyone's ever seen anything like this before. I've never seen anything like this. And I asked Nancy yesterday uh, during that interview. I don't think you can underrate the aspect of the murders being occurring with a knife. It's so violent. It's so visceral. You are right up on top of the person, and it feels quite a lot different than, say, shooting someone with a gun from a distance. Yeah, I, I, I remember I listened to uh, a very popular uh, iHeartMedia podcast on the Piketon Massacre in Ohio, um, which I think was the second biggest mass murder in the country in that year after the Pulse nightclub shooting. So it was a major, and it was a dispute between two families that escalated to where I, I think it was five of the family members were killed in their sleep. They were killed with a firearm, though. Yeah. So somebody went in and killed and clearly there was a there was a baby at one of the crime scenes that was spared. They didn't they didn't go after the baby. They were going after the adults and the family it was a mass murder. Five people uh, killed, but they used a gun. And in this instance, they were using this individual was using a knife and it, it, it cannot feel right now. I mean, to that to that community, for example, they have no idea. It's not like they have a sense of who this might be. And the person's on the run. They seem to know nothing which, at all. Given the national level attack, I mean, meaning the police seem to know nothing about who did this. Now, they could be hold. I know law enforcement officers listening to this be saying, look, they could be holding back key details. That is possible, clearly. And like I said, we're not doing the investigation, but it doesn't, you know, how they pull all this together. They, they're going to have a lot of DNA. We discussed this yesterday, a lot of evidence at the scene, but you need the other piece of that, meaning you need to have a match with somebody. So if they're not in any databases, Really tough to know who you're looking for. And also, again, if you're living in that community, 800-282-2882, it's unlikely that someone just suddenly snaps and stabs four people to death. So is this a vagrant? Was this a crime where someone is moving through? Are there any other crimes that are somewhat similar that could be connected to this one in the region, in the area? Um, to me, this is uh, this is one of those stories. I'm not surprised at all that it is receiving the amount of attention it does and is that it's opening many different newscasts right now uh, because this is a mystery the likes of which we frankly just do not see very often in this country. So again, we'll take some of your calls in the next segment. I'd like for people in that region 
to give us a sense for the community and the community's response so far. 800-282-2882. Maybe also, if you're an investigator, a criminal profiler, yeah. based on I'd be some curious of to hear from. We got a huge, were... huge law enforcement community that listens. If you have any, and just any insight you can offer to us, you know, the only investigations I ever did were counterterrorism, which is obviously very different from this. We'd love to hear from you guys as well in the event that you could help to analyze this based on what you do for your profession. 1-800-282-2882. We will take your calls. We're also going to be speaking with Dr. Latipo from Florida, the Surgeon General, who has helped to drive what is the best response, I think, on a state basis uh, in the state of Florida to COVID. What does he think of the comments made by Dr. Fauci? and Dr. Ja today in the White House press briefing. We will talk with him in the third hour of the program as we continue to move towards Thanksgiving. We're grateful for all of you hanging out with us. Our nation was founded on the principle that all men are created equal, but there are far too many colleges and universities, including those in the Ivy League, continuing to use race as a factor for admissions. The Supreme Court is deciding a case on this subject right now. But there's a unique American college that doesn't discriminate based on race. It never has, and it never will. It's Hillsdale College. This college in Michigan was founded in 1844 to educate all persons, irrespective of nationality, color, or sex. It continues that policy today, admitting students on the strength of their character, ability, and intentions, not their heritage or background. Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale, recently published an article explaining Hillsdale's colorblind policies, and its related refusal of government funding, even indirectly in the form of federal student aid. Read it for yourself at clayandbuck4hillsdale.com. That's clayandbuck4hillsdale.com. And after you read it, you may even want to support Hillsdale with a year-end gift. It's a great institution that supports so many of your values and ideas. Read Dr. Arn's article today at clayandbuck4hillsdale.com. Two of the hardest voices to tell apart, but one unified voice when it comes to the truth. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 